Welcome to the Quantum Leap Your Business in Life podcast. My name is Bethany London, and I am an energetic VC supporting CEOs and entrepreneurs in multiplying revenues and opportunities of their business through intuitive guidance and energetic healing. I am obsessed with finding and releasing blocks so that you can start receiving the guidance and opportunities that will be bringing you quantum leaps with ease. If you are looking to upgrade your business, life, spirituality, or need a perspective shift to flow, you've come to the right place. Leave it to me to pull out the juicy stories, quantum leap hacks, and how our inspiring guests have tackled obstacles and gotten into the flow to reach new heights of success. My intention is to bring clarity and massive awareness that infinite possibilities are everywhere. Your next moment could be a miraculous one. Thank you for being on this journey with me. Let's uncover their strategies, have fun, and see how we can quantum leap together. episode of Quantum Leap, your life and business. We have the fabulous Sarah Grace, who I was referred to by someone I love and trust, Joth, and she is in the circus art. So I am super excited to hear about this story. She does fire dancing and more, and let's dive in. All right. So of course, we need to know how you got into this first off. (laughs) before we go into the quantum leaps, because this is just entertaining. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So circus arts, I found while living in Hawaii, I Mm. ended up at a beach party one night. It was actually a beach rave on the weekend. And I saw these fire dancers and I looked at them. They were dancing with fire. It was so beautiful, so epic. And Mm. I thought, wow, I want to do that. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to. And it was a progression. Somebody looked at me and they were like, why not? And I was like, oh, I don't, why not? I don't know. That's a good question. And I picked up my first pair of koi. It's the, it's two balls with fire on them. And I just began practicing and I fell in love. You just jumped right in. You like push those limiting beliefs out of the way. And you're like, okay, why not? Let's try this. Yeah, that was the exact question was, why not? Why can't I do it? And they can. And I went for it. I just, I picked them up and I started practicing every single day and I fell in love. Literally, it became pushing myself past my limits. The I can't conversation. So living embodiment of (laughs) personal growth. (laughs) Yeah. What were you doing before? Uh, Before I had been working in service restaurants, I came out to Hawaii to essentially find myself. I lived in the Midwest and I didn't know what I was doing with my life. I actually was a major alcoholic. I had issues with alcohol for years and Mm. I moved to Hawaii to get away from that life. Um, It ended up following me to Hawaii, of course. You can change the place. (laughs) That didn't, it didn't work to just take it away. Um, So when I came to Hawaii, I was like, okay, this is it. This is my opportunity to start a new life. And when I found this beach party, it was actually a bunch of 
what you would call hippies, very free spirited, very in tune with nature, in tune with mm-hmm. the laws of the universe. And they showed me there was a different way to live that I could be free and I could have fun and be happy and joyous. And it didn't have to include yeah. alcohol. Wow. So in getting into this kind of supported that whole transition of not using that anymore as a way of yeah. like getting joy or whatever it was providing for you. Yeah. I didn't know how to connect before I used alcohol. And then this became my tool to connect with others, movement, dance, something that was actually creating in the world. Well, and dance is so powerful in general, because whether you're a dancer or not getting into the embodiment of an energy or an emotion or you know, listening to music, it's going to support you feeling sad or happy, you know? So yeah, allowing the energy, it allowed the energy to move through me instead of getting stuck in my body. And that became very clear that circus arts is more than just what it appears to be on the outside, that it's also a way to move energy and a way to actually feel through movement. Mm. Yeah, I'm like, what's that one? Qigong, Qigong. Qigong, moving the energy, Tai Chi. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Love it. Very good. Well, what what else are you doing in the circus arts now? And then I want to backtrack to the quantum leap of like fully surrendering to this. What else is stilt walking? Yes. I am a stilt walker, so I do performances, and I'm about eight and a half feet tall, and I also teach kids how to stilt walk, which I love Mm, because most kids come to it, and they're like, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to do that, and then within a matter of hours, they're running around on stilts, running around me in circles, and I'm like, that fast? Literally, it takes a few hours. Wow. Okay. So for anyone listening, are you in Hawaii now? (laughs) I'm not. I'm in LA right now. Okay. You're in LA. Okay. (laughs) Amazing. Okay. Wow. I didn't know you could just pick that up in three hours. I mean, that's, you got to trust, obviously that that has, I'm sure a huge amount of trust for your body too. Huge amount of trust. And it's all about telling the mind, like the mind says no, and it tells the body no. And as soon as you start to create a different belief, like, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. The body starts to listen. And then people realize, I realize, oh, this is just like walking. I tell my body that I'm walking, except I'm like three feet taller and it works. And especially with kids, because they don't have these like baggage, this huge load of limiting beliefs yet. So it's a little bit easier for them to be like, okay, maybe I can do this. So if you were to teach an adult, how many hours versus the child? I'd say it would be less about the time at that point and more about the confidence that I have Mm. in them that yes, they can. And the, um, what it takes to tell them, like, look, you either, it's your choice. You literally have a choice in this situation. Do you yeah. want to do this or not? Because most adults are like, oh, I'll never even try that. And I was like, really? I mean, that, Is- that's my first thought. <laughs> <laughs> See? 
That's a little dangerous. I'm not wanting to risk anything right now, you know, <laughs> doing all these it's other the, things. <laughs> the yeah. risk factor. Whereas kids are like a bumper is scrape and they're like, what's that mean? Like, cool, I'll get back up. Yeah. Adults are like, well, it's not like life's over. Then I yeah. couldn't work and then I couldn't do this. There's a whole like set of things that come along with it. So adults is weighing the value. Like, do you want to have yeah. fun and prove to yourself that you can do this? Okay, cool. Let's do it. Right. Right. Oh, goodness. Yes. We got to get into the fun, guys. This is what supports this quantum leaping. I actually do talk about this with my, like the CEOs that I work with about bringing the joy in because it would be lacking in the culture. And it's so important to have a joy because then it's like, you know, manifesting itself all the way out to the client. So, and the boys, everyone, everyone radiating joy radiating joy just to say is a higher vibration than love i don't know if you knew that Mm -hmm. on the scale of consciousness it's a level 540 and love is 500 yeah wow okay yeah i'm enrolled in that for sure (laughs) (laughs) and i'm in joy every day because i'm doing what i love really yes so good okay so fire dancing, stilt walking. And then what are you doing with it? Like you're bringing it, where are you performing? Or So I just, I was on the big island of Hawaii and Oahu, yeah. and I did a lot of corporate events on Oahu. And then what I've okay. really gotten into is teaching the kids. So I do kids okay. circus camps on the big island of Hawaii. And wow. now since I'm in LA and on the mainland, I'm looking to create and co-create with others a a warehouse space for kids to learn stilt walking, mm. circus arts, fire dancing, and also have a space for imagination. So before they oh. even get to the limiting beliefs, there's this mm-hmm. safe, sacred space that they see their imagination can be free. Got it. And yeah. is there... an I'm just curious about the age range because, you know, we're always in the personal development. We're always like, it happened between the ages of, you know, newborn and seven. So I'm curious when you're working with children, if there's like, like the perfect age or it's just wide open. I, between five and 10, five Five being on the lower end and 10 is like when the, the like fears start to come in and there's a little bit more of a push that's required, but. Yeah. Six and seven year olds are like, still fire, let me at it. <laughs> like, yeah, they're ready to go. And in a healthy way. And then I feel like that's going to support them in their life in general because they're going to have less fear because they just tried this on for size. Yeah. Right. They see that yeah. anything is possible when they say so. Mm, so good so good yes anything is possible okay so I want to hear the story of going from um and I know you kind of like shared but like let's get into the nitty-gritty so we can break it down and support others in taking a quantum leap into you know what they love what brings them joy what brings them joy that also brings them financial abundance (laughs) like all of it um, so would love to hear more of the story about that transition for you, by the way, I do have to share this other thing that keeps coming through to me. I heard this was like in the last few months that Tony Robbins was actually discovered in Hawaii doing firewalking. And that's how he got his start. 
Wow. I've heard about him doing the fire walking, but not in Hawaii. Yeah, he did it in Hawaii, I believe. This is all a rumor, but I heard that um, this woman, Dana Cordova or something like that, discovered him and supported him in becoming who he is now. Well, I mean, to some level. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So just throwing that out for you to like take it to a whole nother level, because why not? Yeah. Why not? Exactly. (laughs) Anything's possible. Okay. So yeah, tell us your journey of quantum leaping. So it did, it began with the fire dancing and the stilt walking and literally through that embodiment, that practice of, oh, I can do this. And if I can do that, then I can do this. It's supported me in life and everything that I do. I, Mm -hmm. and are you speaking in the context of just in life in general or how the circus arts has yeah, for you, for you, because I, I love to work with clients and they have quantum leaps. And so I think it's fascinating to learn how other people have quantum leaped in their own life, especially into a business such as this <laughs> to make that, you know, like support you on a financial level. And yeah, I mean, it's so unique. So this just goes to show that anyone can do anything and create money out of anything that they love, you know? Yeah. So after I found the fire dancing and the stilt walking, I, I started to realize that I could have fun again because Mm -hmm. I lost that for many years in the addiction. And once I realized like, wait, I get to have fun and I get to create fun and life is a game. It gets to be fun. It doesn't have to be so hard, which is that programming that Mm -hmm. started to pack on and pack on as I got older. Once I realized, wait, I can have fun. Okay, so how do I connect being able to have fun and create income from it? There was a belief that I decided I wanted to bring into fruition. And that was the more fun I have, the more money I make. And when I'm living in my joy, when I'm living in my passion, that is when I'm attracting the abundance. I'm attracting the jobs. And it it doesn't even become a job at that point I'm doing what I love and attracting the people that are going to get me to the next place the clients the talent agents whoever it may be it all starts to flow naturally so you just started owning that affirmation yes and like repeating it to yourself and then what did people just start showing up or being like hey like it would maybe I have an event that would be great for you like What was the baby step process there? The baby step was owning that belief. And and also the opportunity showed up. They show up. Mm. And there was another piece to it too, like getting in tune with my emotions and my feelings because I had blocked them out for so long due to the addiction, which that addiction could be anything for anybody else, food, TV, Netflix, sex, all the things. Once I started to see that that addiction wasn't working anymore and that I got to find something else, I had, essentially I had to, like, it wasn't working. I was like, okay, something else has got to work. The affirmations and being open, being open to the possibility that life didn't have to be hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it started with the beliefs, the affirmations, getting clear within myself, what I'm actually passionate about. 
and letting myself explore those things. Mm -hmm. I had this belief that it had to be a certain way and it doesn't. Yeah. But I had, I got to explore that first, like give myself the permission to be in my passions and be in joy first and foremost. So it was the affirmations and then giving myself permission to be free to explore. What, what led you to that? Was there like a book or a podcast or something that you heard randomly or a friend or that started like bringing you to that awareness? Yes. Um, (laughs) There was a lot. (laughs) Esther Hicks was a huge one. Abraham Hicks, abundance, Mm -hmm. anything is possible. Um, Her morning meditation, I listened to that for four months straight Mm -hmm. to reprogram my mind that life could be joyous no matter what was going on. And I should get that and tag it in the show notes or something. Okay, absolutely. I will. Yeah, because that four months straight listening to it every morning, like Mm -hmm. reprogrammed my depression that I was in. Mm -hmm. And when I say depression, it was life's hard. Everything is hard. This isn't working this way and supported me in seeing like the blessings in every single thing. Like I found myself picking mac nuts on a farm on the big island for $15 an hour. And originally I was like, oh, this sucks. And listening to Esther Hicks during that time, I was like, wait, no, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And other, other books and podcasts, Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, I realized Mm -hmm. to receive what I wanted, I got to give what I want. And that was giving the gifts, giving gifts everywhere that I went whether that was a flower, whether that was love or acknowledgement Mm. to receive what I was asking for. I got to give it as well. So two questions. I'm like, I'm really unpacking this here. (laughs) I love diving because are you just walking down the street and then someone starts playing Esther Hicks and you are just like, Oh, I am interested in this. Like, I'm curious how you stumbled upon that or the personal growth aspect of not being in, let's say the funk, you know? And then also I have a question to, I don't, should I save it? No, I'll ask now. This is me asking my guidance. These things, these comments of life is hard, life is difficult, struggling, all that were those things that you picked up as beliefs from childhood. Yes. Absolutely. Beliefs from childhood. I grew up in a middle-class family where Mm. it's very much so you need to work for everything you've got. And we always Mm. stayed at comfortable. Like I grew up having everything that I wanted and it was made very clear to me. Like I got to work for everything I had and there wasn't much fun and joy in the process. It was like, go to work, go to school, mm-hmm. do what you're supposed to. And then you'll get to be just kind of mediocre. Right. And that was what I thought it had And to mediocre be. was the win. <laughs> yeah. Mediocre was like, okay, we're cool. We got our house, yeah. we have food on the table. I'm going to work tomorrow and the next day and the next day until I retire. That was my dad and is my dad. He's definitely he's about to retire now and he still wants to continue working and I'm like wait but you could go Mm. on vacations now and you could go like do everything you wanted to do and he doesn't know what to do 
without working. That yeah. was his programming is that this is what you do your whole life. Great. And it must work to be valuable, probably. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not something that he necessarily loves, it gets the bills paid and it gets food on the table. So right. I grew up seeing him in this cycle and also seeing my mom in a cycle of pain and suffering. She has her own alcoholism that she deals with. Mm -hmm. And I grew up seeing that she didn't really ever fight for what she wanted. She Mm -hmm. was always in this suffering mode of why is life happening to me? All of these things are pushing me down, pushing me down. And I never saw her really stand up and fight and be like, I'm going to go out there and create what I want. And seeing that I, in Indiana, I was like, okay, well, this is what life is. Yeah. So it almost sounds like you started to live that life and then you broke free. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My spirit was like, no, there's more. And going to Hawaii really opened my perspective up, like the Hawaiian culture and the Hawaiian way is that it's all about ohana. It's all about connection with family, connection to the land, which in my experience is very separated from my culture, from our culture mm-hmm. here in the United States. And yeah. being able to reconnect with the land in Hawaii showed me that we are abundant by nature as humans. Mm. This this earth, she provides for us everything that we've needed. And my ancestors got disconnected from that. My ancestors grew to believe that everything's got to be hard. They were tobacco farmers. And Uh. a story my mom told me is that they didn't have money for shoes at times. So Mm. I got to, being in the Hawaiian culture, I got to really look back at my ancestry and my heritage and see where the disconnect started to happen. Like, oh, okay, my great-grandparents farmed tobacco and they didn't have enough money to survive. So then my mom developed that same belief. Like, we don't have enough money for this. We don't have enough money for that. And then that passed on to me. I'm like, fuck, I don't have enough money to make it in the world. And the, the Hawaiian culture is what showed me abundance. They give no matter what and they continue to give because they they understand the universal law that the more that I give is the same that I receive there's a feedback loop and that's what opened me up to Abraham Hicks to all you saw that book first yes well I saw her podcast first um Uh, the seven spiritual laws of success Eckhart Tolle a new earth that opened mm-hmm. my mind to whoa there's a whole new way of thinking. living mm-hmm. yeah thinking living being in harmony with each other yeah I remember I remember that one I was oh my god I was married when I read that one and it was like just act as if they're doing what you're doing what you want them to do anyway so I started like giving them hugs because I wanted a hug or something you know like <laughs> It's just like so weird. Now it's like so normal to act that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know so in funny. my culture, I grew up thinking if I want something, I 
it should just be here. There's also an mm. entitlement too. Mm. And the Hawaiian co- culture also showed me like, if I want something, I get to put in the work for it. And it's not just, I get to receive everything just because I okay. ask for it. But that is kind of interesting because asking you shall receive. I know. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> but there is asking you shall receive. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, and your work that you've been doing is joyful. So mm-hmm. if you're, if you can create that, you know, that new definition and re- redefine what work is for you as something that's like amazing then it won't feel like work, right? I can easily work 70 hours a week, but I'm doing like what I love and I'm so passionate and inspired by it, you know? Yes. And what you said about the vibration of joy Mm -hmm. being a higher vibration, it did put me in that space of being in a higher vibration, which brings in that feedback loop of when I ask for what I desire, I receive it. But being in that constant state of this isn't working, I don't like this, this person did this to me, and then I ask for what I desire. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, yeah, you're like, oh my God, what? I was talking about this with someone the other day. They were looking to manifest something, but right before they went into whatever the manifestation exercise was that they were doing, they were like, this can't, this isn't possible. They did all these fear things. I'm like, so you filled up with fear and then you did a manifestation work exercise. Of course, it's not going to work, you know, because you just, you created the foundation beforehand with all those thoughts, you know? Mm, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing that, that that's going to come to me as soon as we get off of this, but yeah, it was good. I was like, hello. <laughs> Another thing that just came through to me is gratitude. I began to recognize that gratitude was it was a whole new way of being I did not I was not grateful for things in my life before I was like this is terrible why did this happen and then I began to I think this was Abraham Hicks too of reprogramming that everything in my life was a blessing to get me yeah. To where I so am Instead now. of being the victim, just, yeah, everything is showing up for you. And just because we talked about the scale of consciousness earlier, gratitude is one of the highest. It's 850. Wow. Yeah. So 540 is ju- joy. <laughs> Judge, delete that <laughs> joy. And 850 is gratitude. And the thing about gratitude, it's like, sure, there's anybody and everyone will tell you, Oprah, Tony Robbins, we've been talking about them to start off your morning with gratitude. But the thing is, is we can do that. We can write that, but are we really connecting to the gratitude? Because connecting to what we're saying and experiencing the gratitude, it, it brings in the emotion of joy. It brings in the emotion of love and um, sustaining that is the key because <laughs> it's easy to get into gratitude for like five minutes where you write 20 things down, you know, keep then- it going. Yeah the practice of actually seeing it throughout the day is literally a practice. It took me a few years and it took me owning parts of myself that were less desirable, recognizing that there's a part of me that would, I would call myself a brat growing up. 
Like I yeah. did, I did get what I wanted and I thought that it was deserved. And <laughs> <laughs> somebody called me a brat at one point and I was like, no, no not me. Not. And then finally I was like, you know what? There are parts of me that are ungrateful at times. And it took me owning that and seeing that that is a part of me and being okay with it. And then like, okay, how do I shift that? Yeah. <laughs> being so grateful like, of course for- you would hire me to come do still walking at your party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course. <laughs> yes. Instead of like, oh my God, this is the biggest blessing ever. And anymore, yeah. it's, it's like this childish, childish charm that mm. I see a flower walking down the street and I'm like, oh my God, look at this precious flower. Oh, so beautiful. <laughs> And I'm not like this all the time. I do go into my dark spaces and Mm -hmm. actually your Joth is the one that he'll remind me like, what are you grateful for today? And Mm. it brings me back. I'm like, oh, you're right. I've been out of gratitude for a few days now and it's showing. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Oh my God. Love him. Okay. So so you started and then the opportunities just started showing up and then like all of a sudden you had an agent, it sounds like, like, how did they hear about you or did you seek them out? Cause was that I, all in the, like a flow? I'm just curious, like the flow of it, was it like you really pushing in effort or just did it like flow into, you know, your life? It was flow and curiosity is what brought her to me. I got, so I was a ballerina for many years Mm. when I was a child and dance is in my background. I'm a natural dancer. And as a part of this unfolding of my circus arts, I was thinking one day, I was like, you know what? I really want to get paid for performing. That sounds really cool. And literally three days later, a friend came up and she was like, Hey, do you want to stilt walk with me? I just lost my stilt walking partner. (gasps) I was like, uh, yes. She's like, okay, cool. I've got an agent. We'll work together. We'll just start doing gigs. And I got up on stilts the next week and started getting gigs from this agent just immediately. Wow. So curiosity has been another key component. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, that, that, I love those stories when you're just like, Hmm. Yeah. I went there. Yeah. Versus the, oh, this could never happen to me. Oh, this will. Right. This can't work out because of A, B, and C. Like, Mm -hmm. why not switch that thinking of how, how could this happen to me? Oh, what if this? Oh, what if that? Like really opening up my thinking, which also took a lot of meditation. Have you heard of Vipassana? Mm-hmm. did you do it yes. oh my gosh I was just telling a friend I think they should do it I haven't <laughs> like I have a dog I can't imagine I mean for anyone that has kids I'm sure it's similar for them yeah absolutely yeah so I if you don't know what Vipassana is it's like 10 days of silence <laughs> but you have done it so you share more yeah, it's a specific style of meditation and mm. they have retreats all over the world, all mm. over California, the United States, and they're free. 
you go there and it's not any sort of religious denomination. You don't bring a Bible or rosary or anything pertaining to spirituality. You go there, just you, it's all you need. And mm -hmm. it's 10 days of sitting. And I don't want to share too much because everyone gets to have their own experience. Um, yeah. I did, I did mine in Hawaii and I will say what the space that it opened up within me afterwards really allowed for all of the magic and the miracles to come through mm -hmm. sitting, sitting with myself for that amount of time. There's magic that starts to happen within the body, uh, chords, karmic patterns get to be released like literally like so thank you I'm like, I'm like i want a little more <laughs> so are are you having like visions of things because you're can you share that i don't know <laughs> i will say in my experience in my yeah. experience i i was in nature for it we had an inside center and outside mm. um i had an experience of speaking to my ancestors connecting with okay. my aunt who had killed herself when I was younger. And mm -hmm. I had these, the spot that I would go to and these big pine trees. And for mm -hmm. me, that, that was my council. I went there and I was like, Oh, there's my family. Wow. Hey guys. Oh, and I, love it. I got to commune with them and I went through a huge forgiveness process of forgiving them, mm -hmm. forgiving myself for the way that I had have acted out the patterns that were brought through from my lineage. And mm -hmm. I got to release them from my system, from my energetic field. Wow. And, and for me, once I released them, there was a huge, like I could feel my whole system was clear, like joy was present. I literally felt like I was high for months afterwards. Anything was possible. Wow. Um, was this before or after MITT, which is the personal growth program? This was before. Okay. <laughs> I know there's so many things. It's like, well, I there's started so many podcast, things. books, then I went to meditation, then I went to a transformational leadership training. Yes. <laughs> so many things. The journey. Mm -hmm. It's all a journey. Love it. Um, Amazing. Well, I'll have to tag that. I'm, I'm taking notes, <laughs> but it is interesting to me that this came up twice in a few days. I pay attention to the signs. Vipassana specifically. Oh yes. No, I was telling somebody else about it. So, <laughs> but were you really hmm. telling yourself about it? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> yourself yours because that sounds magical so okay so to wrap us up I would love to hear if you were to take and it doesn't have to be what you already said just whatever you want whatever comes to you as like three tips for quantum leaping in business and life for the listener three tips for quantum leaping My first and foremost is meditation, Vipassana. Counterintuitively clearing my plate of all the mind clutter, of all the energetic clutter, 
mm-hmm. gave that space for those that have a busy life and they're like, oh my God, I could never make time for meditating. Go to Vipassana. <laughs> if you say that you could never do this or never make time or this, this or that, do it. It is exactly what is needed to clear and clean your plate to be able to call in and create whatever gets to be created in a short amount of time. If you want to do it quickly, take 10 days out of your entire life to be able to quantum leap years. So Vipassana. (laughs) Okay. Rubbing that in, rubbing it in. All right. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Vipassana and a consistent daily practice of meditation, movement of energy, whether that be dance, yoga, breath work, whatever moves, whatever you choose to do, like Tai Chi, Qigong, like we spoke of, to move Mm -hmm. energy through the body. Because it's all about energy. And if we're constantly stuck. I've heard people even doing like, five minutes a day in the morning just to five minutes move yeah because thinking about it all feel it literally literally yeah five minutes a day to move the energy to feel it because being stuck in the mind is a circular thing you're constantly thinking about it versus moving the energy through the body mm-hmm. and third joy find whatever it is that lights you up and do it every single day as much as you can and if you've gone days without movement, dance, listening to music, take a second <laughs> and find that music, find whatever lights you up inside. Totally agree. So good. So good. Dancing is so good. I just did it for like the first time in forever <laughs> the other day. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is good stuff. I need to do this like every day. isn't it funny (laughs) I do I find myself going into spaces where I like think about I'm like wait when's the last time I danced and then I I realize why things are moving slowly in my life why they're not happening Mm -hmm. and as soon as I integrate dance back into my day back into my life and I'm having I'm creating joy and passion and movement again it's like oh here we go things are working again Woo. Well, you can come up with like a playlist, like the, your pump yourself up playlist or whatever it is, you know? Yes. That is key. (laughs) (laughs) For different, you know, moods or whatever. Yeah. So good. Okay. This is fun. Well, how can people learn more about you? Um, I guess maybe book you or support you in your new vision of bringing this to LA for the children. Never know. Yes. So my Instagram is Sarah dreams love and I've got content tips, tricks on how to move mm-hmm. freedom. Yes, freedom. 
freedom freedom amazing all about the freedom and yeah what we can i mean obviously if we're feeling freedom in the 3d world we're going to manifest it everywhere yes it all starts with that inner landscape mm-hmm. beautiful well you have been amazing and i love your beautiful soul definitely can feel the radiant energy of joy and the dance, I can see like your dancer self. <laughs> yes. I'm like, yes, yeah, she's definitely a dancer. I love it. Flow oh is goodness. life. Mm, yes. 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 Flow is life people. So hope you found Sarah so inspiring as I have. And just those reminders to get into oh, meditation, maybe Vipassana and some dancing. <laughs> joy (laughs) try it on um if you do start this practice you have to tag us both and share what opens up for you because we want to know yeah all right thank you bethany it's been a pleasure thank you so much for listening to today's episode if you loved what you heard be sure to subscribe and let me know by leaving a review on itunes it fuels me to keep bringing you more juicy guests and if you aren't already following me on social media check out at bethany london on instagram l-o-n-d-y-n that's the cool factor (laughs) or go to bethanylondon.com for healing opportunities courses and additional thoughts and don't hesitate to create some ig stories tagging me and our guests with your favorite quotes so we can reshare them. I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, wishing you that quantum leap. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the rock podcast back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30 minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.